Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. We've been in a series called Healing the USA, and for the time that remains in our service, as notes are being passed out, I want to continue in that series, though last week I said it was the last one. I changed my mind. Actually, I would say that the Holy Spirit changed my mind to bring one more message on living under the blessing, living under the blessing. I get sermons and messages from the Lord many different ways. I was talking to Minister James Reynolds, who we've known since he was born in 1997. It is one of the most gifted worship leaders, psalmists uh, that, I, that I know of. And uh, if you were here Wednesday, he and my daughter sang and heaven came. There was dozens of healings that took place. People contacted me, said they've never been in a service like that. They experienced God's power and presence. They went on and on. It was a three-hour service or so. We released people. We don't want to torture you with time, and I, I am mindful of time. They've put a clock up right now for 30 minutes. I may or may not follow it. But time's important. We, your time is important. It's important to God. We start on time, and I want to be sensitive to that. But I was talking to him, I was talking to Minister James Reynolds about how I get sermons, and he's like, really? I have dreams, visions, I move along uh, basically expository preaching with a thematic approach. So you're going to hear an expository message on Leviticus 26, don't be scared, it won't be dry. Leviticus 26, you can turn there. And so I preach generally expository message with a thematic approach. Now the theme in this context of the last message of the series is healing the USA. And as I've said in the other five messages, we preach on restoring the foundations, Psalm 11 and verse 2. What can the righteous do if the foundations are destroyed? And the foundations of the United States of America are clearly biblical. They're biblical foundations. They weren't perfect, our founding fathers. They were men and, uh, and, and there was men and women at the core of our country that were fallen, clearly. But they loved God. Most of them were Christians. There's a few that weren't. But you'll see Scripture as a cornerstone and the reason for the founding of this nation. From the Mayflower Compact to the Pilgrims, there's no other country like the United States of America. And if you think there is, it's only because you need to study just a little bit more. The United States of America is an amazing country, and we are under attack from within and from without. And so we need healing in the U.S. of A. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Healing of racism and the healing. We need healing, all kinds of healing. Amen. I mean, I just saw some video of some elderly man that was killed by a bunch of youth in Pittsburgh by traffic cones. And the, the, just the proliferation of violence and sex is just absolutely an atrocity. And in the schools now, the perversion is taking place. He said, well, I've never been in the church where they get like kind of political. I didn't even start. I'm, 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 I didn't even start. I'm not going to stop. Uh, so let me just tell you online, if they ever turn us off on Facebook or YouTube, we have our own stream, kcalaska.com. Go there. And, we'll, and, we, and we later broadcast and upload it to Spotify. And, uh, and, and they, they, they can cut us off if they want to. I'm going to be as kind and gracious as I can, but somebody needs to stand up in this hour and say it. And we have been called to be a watchman on the wall. 
the church of the, of the living God, the body of Christ needs to speak up. Everybody else has come out of the closet. I think it's time for the church to come out of the closet and bring the power of God. I said, hey, come on, someone say amen. Many times the church is asleep. I don't want to be asleep in the arms of the enemy. I want to be alive. I want to experience life with people, power, purpose. That is the vision of our church. So we've been preaching restoring the foundations was the first message as we review this for a moment. The blessing of God out of number six. Powerful message. A lot of people got touched, told me about it. You can go and avail yourself to these resources. Number six. It's a high priestly blessing. Powerful message. You need to get it. God's purpose for America. How many of you know God has a purpose for your life? You, mi you missed a great place to say amen. God has a purpose for your life. Yeah. Jeremiah 29, 11, he has a purpose for Israel. He has a purpose for the United States. He has a purpose for every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. And he has a purpose for our nation and a purpose for you because you live in it. Our nation is made of families. How many of you know that's right? So really, if you say the U.S. needs healing, every nation needs healing. But how many of you know, again, nations are made of families. So you can point all you want to to the White House, but how about pointing back at your house? Because if your house is not healed and you're not healed, then how can we expect our nation to be healed? And so many people cracking another, another can of Budweiser, three sheets to the wind, complaining about the fact that the Ten Commandments have been taken out of the, out of the government rotunda in different places. Hello? Hello? You're hammered and you're playing quarterback in your easy chair and not living the Ten Commandments in your own life, how can you expect that your kids are going to follow, you know, the, the Word of the Lord when you never open your Bible, you don't live it right? And then we have generations that are completely to get more and more polluted, more and more degraded, more... Come on! How, how are we going to have that to turn around? Well, you need to turn around and raise your kids right. Amen. He said, well, my kids are out of the house. It's not too late, Grandpa. All right, so the healing of the United States of America, the healing of the USA starts with families and it starts with you today, tomorrow, and the weeks to follow. We preached on let freedom reign last week out of Luke 4. Luke 4 is the declaration of independence out of the book of Isaiah declared by Jesus, our hero, our savior. He was pierced for our transgressions at Isaiah 53. In Luke 4, to declare the opening of prison doors, recovery of sight, the captives will be set free, healing of the brokenhearted. Luke 4 is a messianic scripture which he read in the hearing of those in the synagogue and said, today is fulfilled in your hearing. And we preached that last week. I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July. And now, as we conclude, living under the blessing. Everybody lift a hand to heaven and say, I want to live under the blessing. This passage, and I've taught it uh, numerous times, and for those that uh, er, think erroneously that the Old Testament is not applicable to the New Testament, if you don't understand the Old Testament, you will not understand the New, and both need to be preached, of course, with New Testament reality. So the book of Leviticus is a legal text. It's a what? It's a legal text. Deuteronomy chapter 28 is a legal text also. And so you'll see ancient cultures, what they would do is they would write out documents and if you obeyed the laws or obeyed the rules within the document, then you get all the blessings. If you disobeyed the rules within the document, then you would get all the curses. Are you ready? Stand up on your feet, Leviticus 26. 
Reading from the New King James Version. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus 26, verse 1. You shall not make idols for yourselves, neither a carved image nor a sacred pillar shall you rear up for yourselves, nor shall you set up an engraved stone in your land to bow to it. For I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my Sabbaths and revere my sanctuary, reverence my sanctuary, I am the Lord. Look at verse 3. Everybody say, if. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then, everybody say then. Then I will give, it said, and it says give three times. Here's promises for those that obey God's word. I'll give you rain in season. The land shall yield its produce and the field and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last until the time of vintage. Your vintage shall last at the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full. Everybody say to the full, to the full. And dwell in your land in safety or peace. I will give peace, verse six, I will give peace in the land and you shall lie down and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts. The sword will not go through the land. You will chase your enemies and they shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. Your enemy shall fall by the sword before you for I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. I will set my tabernacle among you and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt that you should not, that you should not be slaves. Let's pray. Father, move in power. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We do have notes. Fill them in as we move along. As I said right there, a look at the text. It's a legal text. And it, it gives clearly delineation of requirements in the covenant. There's covenant... Um, responsibilities and covenant privileges, and then there's covenant signs. Covenant responsibilities says are delineated by if. Everybody say if. So if it's saying if, there's really a choice involved. It's a legal document. This boundary stones of uh, the city of Babylon were discovered, and on those boundary stones, it listed all the curses that would come upon you if you moved the boundary stone and all of the blessings that'll come upon you if, if you honored the boundary stone. Now, that was a pagan city that was defeated and brought down, and Israel being set free from captivity by the decree of Cyrus. How much more in the book of Leviticus, God writing conditions and privileges and even signs or blessings that'll be released for those who obey his word. I, by a show of hands, no, we better not do it that way. It might be embarrassing for us, especially me. The Ten Commandments. Do you obey them or do you not obey them? Say, I obey them. Yes, you, you do your best. The Ten Commandments are also called the law. We are to obey the Ten Commandments. They're still applicable today. They actually show you what right and wrong is. 
Dr. Yonggi Cho is gone on to heaven, was the pastor of the largest church in the world. He would witness all over the world, but in Japan and in Buddhist nations, he had a very hard time winning souls. And so he discovered a number of things. One, if he could move them out of that territory, out of that region, and fly them to South Korea, they, their eyes are open much quicker. It's interesting because there's, there's uh, connectivity between the land and spiritual environment and prayer in places where prayer is being released and righteousness is being demonstrated, there's a greater freedom. Some of you are like, man, I can feel the presence of God in here. We've had a 20 year plus prayer meeting and we're not stopping, we're just starting actually. We'll go 24 seven. There's there, somebody, I had another preacher, I think it was um, uh, Austin Jones said, oh, somebody's paid a price for what goes on inside that place, talking about this church. And of course, Jesus paid the price, but there's been a contending for decades and decades and decades. Dr. Yonggi Cho realized that there is something about environment, about bringing people into a place that's free, not encumbered in the heavenlies, people living for God. But then he also discovered that if you would teach people the Ten Commandments, they would have an understanding of what right and wrong is. No wonder they take it out of the schools. By the way, our school, we'll have the Ten Commandments in our school. We'll have a move of God on our school. Now it's going to start phase one. We're do, we're gonna, it's going to be like a co-op thing. I'm not sure exactly. Be at the meeting Monday night, 7 p.m. right here. He said, well, how are you going to do that? We're, we're going to help minister to those who are part of Kings First. After that, we'll move on from the community. I, I, I'm, I'm helping to pastor the community along with others, but I'm going to take care of those who are directly my sheep, and that's you all. So we're going to do that, and God's going to help us, and there'll be the Ten Commandments. No wonder they want the Bible out of the schools, because if you can pervert them at a young age, they don't even know what right and wrong is. And no wonder there's all kinds of, you know, I don't know, queer story hour or whatever it is. Like, no. I got one amen from the front, one of my staff. I said, no, I'm saying no to that, okay? I'm not, I'm not prejudiced, but you're not gonna teach what is right and acceptable in your eyes apart from God's word to my kids or people that I'm responsible for. No. All right. I've got 16 minutes left. That definitely ain't happening. So he would teach them the 10 commandments and then they would get born again and they got saved. So this legal text, the Old Testament, everybody say the Old Testament. The Old Testament is types and shadows or a picture book of New Testament reality. So do you obey the 10 commandments? You do your best. Can you? No. That's why you need a savior. You can't, even if you could, you can't. You can't obey them. You can try, but you'll fall short. And even falling short is not acceptable by heaven's standards. So he sent somebody to die in your place so you don't have to. That's the whole principle of Jesus the Messiah, the one who would take your sin and mine, die on a cruel Roman cross, and three days later, his sinless body got up and, and, and rose again. And to as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. But you need to repent. You need to receive him, right? So... This legal book here. Two areas is emphasized, obedience in two areas emphasized, right in your notes. 
You shall have no other gods before me. This is really found in Exodus 20, right out of the Ten Commandments. Have no gods before me. Make no idols. Not make for yourself an idol. Right there, be. And the second thing is interesting to me. It says, you'll observe my Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary. I, I believe my quote there in the notes is out of the NIV 1984 version. You shall observe my Sabbath. He's saying, what is he saying? He's saying, you need to put time in your life that's set apart for me. Now, there are those that'll teach you you have to worship on one particular day. I'm going to tell you absolutely positively that's not true. The Sabbath in Jesus is every single day, but I do believe you should have one in seven. One in seven. One in seven should be a day where you shut down. Listen, they've proven that if you try to work on seven days and make more money, you don't make more money. And in actual fact, you get sick. They've proven these things. You should take one in seven and take a break. And on your break, you should get restored and refreshed in God. It's not just about riding your four-wheeler or taking a snow machine out. I think you could do that too, but it's not entertainment. I entertain myself one in seven. No, it's one in seven where you tune your heart to seek the Lord, to love God, and to receive from Him. And, and Sunday was the day that the New Testament church did it because He rose again on Sunday. Early Sunday morning, just like Jesus said. Yeah. That's why we're worshiping on Sunday. And some say, well, no, it's Saturday. No, it's the Sabbath. Okay, just make sure you have one. I don't want to get in an argument. I'll prove it later. You need to have a Sabbath rest. And to reverence my sanctuary. Wow. So it's if in front of these things, if you don't have any idols, if you don't cast, uh, make a grave image, if you keep my Sabbath, if you reverence my sanctuary, then I give you, and all of these blessings, and they're applicable today. America has come out, perhaps at least partially, from the blessing of God. He said, well, how come it hasn't completely come out? Because I can't, because you're here. <laughs> because I'm living for God. Are you living for God? Come on, there's people that are actually contending and praying and believing. There's people that are standing for righteousness. There's people that are saying no to perversion. There's people that are saying no. We've, come on, it used to be on Sundays that everything was closed. You couldn't go get a bottle of Bud Dumber or Stupid or whatever it is. You couldn't go get alcohol on Sunday because there was blue laws. It was closed. You couldn't go to Fred Meyer or, or, the, or the supermarket because they were closed. They were closed. Every, raise your hand if you remember when everything was closed on Sunday. And you know, it's convenient to maybe stop by the store now and get something to eat, but it's been an eroding of the principles of God's Word, and the church has been moved. If you go to towns across America, like the one I was talking about, Setauket, that church is in the middle of Setauket Town. The Presbyterian Church, it was the center place, the gathering for the community. They all came there. Churches were in the center of the town and the best piece of property in the center. Now, now it's Costco. Now, now it's the, 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 the First National Bank. Now, now, now it's, it's, not, it's not the church house. It's every other kind of house except in Wasilla. We have the best piece of property there is. I'm going to tell you that's not an accident. We can take no credit for it, believe me. It's God. It's God that will put a church on the most prominent corner, and it is the most prominent corner. Welcome to Wasilla. Somebody said, a well-meaning leader in the community said, well, we don't want the people to think that Wasilla is religious. I said, too late. And we're not really religious, we just love God. There's a great revival. I believe, a, a, I believe an unprecedented outpouring is heading our way. 
but not if we have idols. God is speaking to us very simply. Idolatry is a snare of present-day America, and I've taught you that. He said, well, we don't bow down to any golden image. Um, you might bow down to the, the almighty dollar, which is not almighty. You might work yourself. Some of you determine God's will by if you get paid more. I've got news for you. Whether you get paid more is not an indication of whether it's God's will or not. There's a name for that. I'll quote another preacher, Chris Valentin, in one of his books, and he's, he's a, a friend of ours, a close friend, more of an acquaintance, but we love Pastor Chris Valentin. And he shares about when he was in ministry and he had a youth pastor who uh, was praying about going off to another church. And uh, so he's praying about it, praying about it, and so he knew, and youth pastor, I don't know if it was previous to Bethel, I don't, I don't know where it was. Maybe it's not even his story. I'm trying to recall. It was a long time ago. And the guy said, well, I, I feel like God spoke to me, Pastor. Oh, what did he say? He said, well, they're going to pay me like twice as much, so I'm going to go over there. He said, oh, so you're a prostitute? What a rebuke. The indication of more money is not an indication of the will of God. And, and listen, the gas prices and everything that's happening, that's not the problem. The problem is not in the, in the White House. The problem is really in, in our house, in the houses of families all across America. We need to see a move of God. You say, well, I'm living for God. Good. Now bring as many people into the house. Reach as many people as you can. Reach to your next door neighbor. Let's not only declare the Ten Commandments and Jesus' fulfillment of them and how, how to live righteously, but let, let's do it. Idolatry is truly a snare. And I'm convinced that we go through times, and I believe America is in a time like that, where people are not happy. And it's not about Democrats, it's not about Republicans. I think there's corruption on all sides. I believe that God is trying to wake us up. We're coming out from under the blessing of God, and if we don't wake up, if we don't wake up, then we're going to miss the rain. There's not going to be rain. This begins to talk about rain and the different things he gives. Don't get uptight when you face trouble. When you face trouble, examine your life. Don't point the finger. Examine your life. When we go through difficulties in the Bracken home, and we do. We have. But I, I want to make sure it's not because I've done something wrong or I'm in sin or I've neglected the word of the Lord. Or I, 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 you can hinder your prayers, sir, by not taking care of your wife. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go encourage myself back to <laughs> Hey, ah, <laughs> I'm a witness. I'm a witness too. We need to be Christ-like to our spouses. I'm trying. All right. There's a man by the name of Richard Stearns. How many of you ever heard of Richard Stearns? He wrote a book called The Hole in Our Gospel. Richard Stearns, and I'm, I'm, I'm drawing from an old memory, so Richard Stearns, you can go look him up. He's the president of the Lennox Corporation massive salary, massive favor in this very high position. And the Lord spoke to him and told him, leave your job and go be the, go be the president of this mission-sending organization. And he thought, ha, no, like, um, let me pray. No. 
you know, go from making millions. Now, I don't know the exact salary. It's, it's in his book, The Hole in Our Gospel, Richard Stearns. Go get it if you want to find out the details to it. I'm sorry, I don't have that this morning. So he was going to leave this massive, you know, giant house, beautiful cars, all of that, all of the, all of the, the American dream, and go and, and, and lead this little missions organization and make peanuts, have to lead, sell his house, sell his stuff, do all the things. And, and he's like, um, no. And the Lord spoke to him and said, you're an idolater. I'm speaking to you go to do that, and you won't do it because of all the money you have. And he wouldn't go. You know, money, again, is an idol in America. I've had people say, I can't, I can't come to church. I need to work. Okay, you worship money. I'm going to go encourage myself again. Amen, Pastor. Praise God. Of course, nobody here. All right, I need to get sweeter. Intercessors start praying. Now, America's got idols. Just make sure you don't have them. Let, let the Holy Spirit examine. And if you do, tear it down. Replace it with truth. Is consistent worship of God important to you? See, Leviticus is talking about it. Jesus, Jesus went to church, and they crucified him. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a, we don't have a church. where We've had people leave, and they're like, they don't have a church like ours. Like, they don't have a church like Kings where I am. It doesn't matter. Go anyway. Go anyway, serve, pray, learn God's word, get in a place where there's freedom. Pray. If you still can't find one, get online, intercede, believe God to give us some leaders, and we'll open one. I said, we'll open one. You, you have to have consistent worship in your life. And I'll, I'll share, I've shared this before. Uh, worship team, would you come? I've shared this before, but when I was looking for a job, before I was a pastor, we looked for work. I had, I had very clear rules. So here were the rules. I'm looking for work. I'm putting applications out. I do not work on, I would just tell them, here's a, here's a we're, we're going to give you the job. Here's an, I said, okay, but I, I need to let you know something. Oh, what? Um, I don't work on Sunday. You don't? No, I, I, I don't. It's against my religion. I don't work on Sunday. What do, you, what do you do on Sunday? I go to church. Oh, okay. I said, yeah, and then Wednesday night, I can't work nights. I'll work any other night, but I don't work Wednesday night. Well, how come? Well, I go to church on Wednesday. And, uh, and then Thursday, you know, first it was like Sunday morning, and then it grew. Thursday, I did a life group. I did a home Bible study. And so Thursday, I don't work on Thursday nights because I'm, I'm doing my home Bible study on Thursday night. And I'll work any other time, but I will not work then. And they said, well, that, 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 that's what this job requires. Okay, well, thank you so much. It's not the job for me. Boop, I'm fade. I'm, I'm out. Would you don't have a job? Oh, I'll get a better one because I'm honoring God. And I will tell you that over and over and over and over and over again, God would bless me. I remember, I remember years ago, I, I was challenged. They, you know, I had this Sunday off and they said, can you just work this one Sunday? And I'm like, yes. I will sacrifice, I'll take one for the team, but seriously, I can't work on Sunday, but I'll, I'll fill in. We're stuck. Okay, so I filled in. It's interesting, a week later, can you, you know, uh, like, uh, that would be twice. And they said, you know, you really need to help us out here. I said, I'm gonna do it, but I, you don't understand. The, 
the reason I do a good job is because I'm connected with the Lord. I'm not giving up Sunday. I'll do it one more time. That's it. And then when they asked me again, I said, that's it. Do you know what the Lord did? The Lord blessed me. It was a job where I received tips. I, I, I think I still have the record in that industry for the most tips made. People would be weeping and stuff hundreds into my hands. I don't even know how it would happen. I had the safest record. It was a tour guide thing. People riding bikes down a mountain. You needed God to do that down a volcano. Honor God. Honor God above your job. Yeah, I said it. I'm not saying quit, but maybe you should quit. My dad used to say you can't get a job unless you have one. So, you know, you don't work, you don't eat also. I understand those principles, but honor God by consistent worship. And he says, if you obey, I'll give you these three promises quickly. Are you ready? I'll give you rain. Now, agrarian society, they were dependent on rain. If it rained too much, it flooded, like in Montana. If it didn't rain at all, you had a drought. God will give you what you need to prosper. That's the picture. Good harvest. I'll give you peace. Look at two. I'll give you peace. Everybody say peace. Okay, in other words, if you don't obey, then you're not going to have peace. You're not going to have rain. I should go back to Richard Stearns. He left... He left the gazillion dollar job. He obeyed God and that mission sending organization had a radical turnaround and they have had a huge impact in the world, huge. And he said the, the hole in our gospel is that it requires no sacrifice for people. There's some kind of a sloppy agape in America. We're gonna see America turn, it's gonna require sacrifice. Your time, your talent, your treasure. It's, it's requiring sacrifice for us to build this building. It ain't just going up. It's not just one person writing the check and I'm glad it's not been. You know why? Because oh man, it did something in me. I got my shoulder in it. Come on, we've got food, but we're going without, you know? Might not get the boat. Hello. Oh yeah, I'm believing for a boat, come on. <laughs> I've got my shoulder to it, and I know many of you do too, and many times people won't sacrifice. You know, it's a sacrifice. Get your beautiful home. You're gonna leave. You might not be so excited. The winter's gone, hallelujah. But I mean, friends, family, difficult. Difficult. We're gonna cry, and we're gonna shout. It's a sacrifice. To do something for God many times requires sacrifice. All right. I'll give you peace. I'll give you rain. I'll give you peace. Everybody say peace. It's the number one way that God leads my family, leads me. It's the number one way that God leads this church. If I don't have peace, I simply do not do it. Somebody told me, oh, you need to be at that, you need to be at that, uh, that rally yesterday. I'm like, yeah. The Lord's like, no. I'm like, uh, really? Yeah, no, you're staying home. Well, okay. People die for less. You can't just do whatever you want. There's a, I'm, on, I'm on a very short chain. And I, I like it very much when it's not yanked. I just want to walk in step with God. And peace is how he leads me. I got in the car with Minister James Reynolds. He'll be helping with worship tonight. Do not miss tonight. I got in the car. He was driving. Now, I don't let people drive me generally. I generally, if I get the choice, I'm driving. I like I know what my life's like. I know what's going on. I'm gonna trust God with me behind the wheel. Pastor Karen gets a little nervous when I'm driving, but she understands everything's okay. 
When I got in the car with Minister James, I instantly thought, Lord, is this good? And I just, I had peace. I said, oh, you can drive then. Go ahead, son, drive. And I told him, you know, I'm, not, I'm letting you drive. I said, because I have peace about you driving. When I drive, some people lose their peace. But I don't. Anyway, I'm, it's a little bit too many I statements in there. Keep your peace. Let the, if you lose your peace, then you need to get it quick. You need to find it. And it doesn't matter how small it is. It could be over a piece of food or a direction in which you're driving or, or making a decision. Don't lose your peace. If anything causes you to lose your peace, get back to where you find your peace. It's, a it's part of the blessing and the leading of God. Three, I'll set my tabernacle. Everybody say that. I'll set my tabernacle among you. That is a picture of the presence of God. I'm done. It's these blessings that relate directly. If you love me, you'll obey my word. I, I, I got to say this. In closing, it's my first close. In closing, Leviticus 26. All those promises, you go on to read them, it's all of the curses. And Leviticus 26, those blessings are then answered actually in Ezekiel chapter 34. Does anybody know what Ezekiel 34 is? Ezekiel 34 is a prophetic passage about the good shepherd. And basically all of, the, all of the promises of Ezekiel, the promises of Deuteronomy, the promises of the Old Testament are fulfilled, fulfilled in Christ and Christ alone. Through our submission, yielding to him and obeying him, if you love me, you'll obey my word. And John 10, 10, he said, uh, John, uh, not 10, 10, John 10 something. Hold on, John 10. One, John 10, one. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. That is an answer, the, the powerful passage. It's to prophetic fulfillment of Ezekiel 34 and, and 36. Jesus is the good shepherd. You come out from under the blessing of God by disobeying his word. If America, starting with your family and mine, would turn from their wicked ways, 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, I will come and I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land. One of the challenges we're having, America is coming out from the blessing, but not so long as I'm alive, I want you to come under the blessing. Come under the blessing. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm closing my second close. Wheels are down, we're coming in. I had a phone call from a couple that visited this church, I think twice, maybe three times. And in actual fact, their mother was in church this morning. They called me from Phoenix. Now they texted me first and I didn't have the number saved. They said, Pastor Daniel, our curse is real. I texted back, you know, that's right. Yes. But what if I'm saved? You can be born again and still be bound. You can be born again and addicted to pornography and still saved. You continue along that track, then you can forfeit some things. You can even forfeit and abort heaven. So it required a phone call. So I called them and we talked and we dialogued. They had lost all their money. They lost all their transportation. They had nowhere to go. They're under a tree in a Walmart outside of, uh, in, in Phoenix, Arizona, hot. They said, I think, I think we're cursed. I said, tell me what's going on. I hear voices, I see shadows, everything's going wrong. I mean, everywhere we turn, it crashes and burns. I said, yeah, probably. So I began to lead them. It was one of the 
final indicators I was to preach this message to you because some of you got one foot in the kingdom and you got one foot in, in, in the curse. Mm, yes. Psalm 91, the shadow of the Almighty. Some of you are under somebody else's shadow. Why would you preach this? So that you would come under the blessing. America needs to come under the blessing. How? By, by my family. And as far as I know, I'm under the blessing. I got rebuked 15 times. Could have come out. I could have come out for under the blessing. All I had to do is harden my heart and say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Huh? Who are you to talk to me? Huh? Now God's agent can get you to repent, you jerk. You can come out from under the blessing. America's coming out from under the blessing, but I want you, I challenge you to come under the blessing by loving God, loving His Word. Every head bowed, every eye closed all across this place. His tabernacle among us, it's His presence. It's a prophetic word about Jesus. He made His abode, He made His tabernacle among us. You're not right with God in the closing moments of this service. Want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time? or make a recommitment to Him because you drifted. You've given your life to Christ before, but you drifted in your commitment and you know it. You say, that's me, Pastor. Then give your life to Christ. Connect people, take your positions in the, in the lobby now. Thank you. I'm sorry if that wasn't heard. Connect people, stand. Thank you. Move to the lobby. Appreciate that so much. Because some people are going to get born again right now. And as they're born again, I want you to connect with these different ones who are in the lobby so we can help you. It'd be wrong if a baby was born and we didn't help that little baby. If you've never given your life to Christ or you need to recommit to Him all across this place, you say, that's me, Pastor. And pray this prayer with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin wash and cleanse me. And just as you rose again from the grave, raise my life up now. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Free me from every bondage, from every chain, and from every curse. Come on, everybody say this. I repent. I renounce any secret and shameful way. I put myself under your care as the Good Shepherd. I ask that you would wash away everything that's wrong and every bondage that I might have, whether I'm aware of it or not. Let it rain on my home. Let good harvest come in. Give me peace as I obey you and let your presence flood. Let your presence flood my home, flood my neighborhood. Go ahead, say it. Flood my home, flood my neighborhood. Let your presence, presence flood my church. Let your presence flood our nation. Oh God, from the White House to every house, let your presence flood this nation yet again. Bring another awakening, God, and start it with us, I pray. We thank you. We praise you. Can you give an amen to the Lord? Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's Word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska Podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com. And may God's face shine upon you and 
give you peace.